right in the corner where you are. So enjoy. It's another episode of Where You Are. Thank you for joining me today as I share my conversation with Barry Perkins, registered nurse, makeup artist extraordinaire at the Atrox factory. Yes, he has been making you scream for years at the largest indoor haunted attraction in the Southeast. And he is also known as Receive Cox, drag queen and show director at Our Place right here in Birmingham, Alabama. Barry has a heart of gold. I enjoyed our conversation so much, and I know that you will too. In addition to being a nurse, a makeup artist, and a fierce queen, Barry spends much of his time giving back to the community, along with his fabulous husband, the inimitable Sharon Cox. This drag supercouple, in fact, was recently crowned the incoming dueling queen's of the mystic crew of Caritas, whose Disney villains-themed Ball Mask 12 is Saturday, January the 18th, at the Boutwell Auditorium. All base ticket sales go to support AIDS Alabama. I could go on and on about all the ways Barry makes the world a brighter place, but I'll let you hear for yourself. All right, so here we are at the Art Playhouse, uh, once again, uh, re- recording another podcast, and I'm delighted to be here with someone that I have maybe Facebook stalked a little bit, that I've known for a long time, just sort of on the periphery, and that's Barry Perkins, a.k.a. Receive Cox. Mm-hmm. That's the job title. That's the, <laughs> and I just wanted to talk to you because ever since I, I had the idea to do the podcast, you were one of the first people I thought about because I think that you're very active in the community. You have a very interesting life, at least on social media. And I wanted to know more about you. And you're also part of a super couple. Drag power couple, if you will. So let me just add, the podcast is called Where You Are. So at this point in your life, just starting where we are, where do you think you are at this point in your life? Is it a good place for you? I feel like I'm at a good place, to be honest with you. But, you know, there's always so much more that can happen. And you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. If I could probably give the world one good advice, that's it. You never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So the biggest thing is just make sure that you cherish the ones that love you and support you and the ones that you love and support because you never know, one, when you're going to lose them, and you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. So yeah. that's, that's kind of how I live my life a little bit. And who is it that you cherish the most in your life? Um, there's a lot of people that I cherish, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to sound very cliche when I say this, but Sam, most everybody knows him as Sharon. Sam, he's, he's been my rock for so many years through family up and downs and your typical back porch Baptist, oh, you're gay, you're out the house, you know, that whole thing. But um, Sam's always been my rock. Are you comfortable talking about the past? Absolutely. Did I you feel go like through if, that? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I feel like if we don't talk about it, it's like the pink elephant in any room, you know? Yeah. But I feel like, you know, in the gay community, we, we tend to experience that a lot, especially here in the South. And the funny thing is, like, my family wasn't even that religious growing up. Like, I was the one pulling them to church. Now, 
I go, my, my church consists of like being in the middle of the woods with a couple of rocks and I'm happy. <laughs> but <laughs> they're all the religious Bible thumpers now, which is so ironic. I also tend to want to give them time. They've got to have time to go through the motions of everything. Yeah, I've been listening to, we just started <clears throat> listening to this today. It's called Making Gay History. Mm-hmm. And it's a podcast where some author who wrote a book about where he collected stories from you know early gay people like in the oh, 40s, wow. 50s, 60s. He took those tapes that he made, and now he's you know put them on a podcast, and it's just so great to hear these stories of people from the 40s and the 50s. And we just listened to one about Dear Abby. She was a huge gay rights advocate. Oh, uh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's fascinating. I enjoyed hearing their stories of growing up, and I, I do always wonder how it's changed over time. Did you get bullied when you were younger? Actually, no. I, I, I really wasn't bullied. I was more of the one defending those getting bullied. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, everybody gets you know, called, uh, am I? You I can know. say whatever you okay. want. Most, most kids, especially like in rural Moody, St. Clair County, Alabama, they, you know, they get called faggot, they get called gay, and it's more this, uh-uh, I ain't gay, you know, yeah. and then before you know in college you're doing things you aren't proud of, but <laughs> <laughs> you might regret later. You know, everybody goes through that, I, I think. But um, for, for, for those who actually are growing up, I didn't, I didn't let it define me because at that time I didn't know what it meant. And I tried really hard to, to fit in, so to speak. You know, I, I, dated, I dated a lot of girls in school. Yeah. Primarily it was because they either wanted to do their hair or kind of <laughs> see how they did their makeup. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I enjoyed dating them, if you will. But, you know, it, it just always seemed like it was putting on a show. It seemed like it was always wearing a mask of some sort and it just it felt pressured and it always felt uncomfortable for me but then i met sam and that changed everything did you meet him like out of high school or actually i was out of college um we were performing in theater and we met during uh, the leeds art council's production of beauty and the beast i remember sitting in the audience um when we were all there for callbacks it was like a cast of like 50 people and in walks this really tall Latino with dark brown hair and dark brown eyes. And I thought, who is this? <laughs> and it made me, he, like, seeing him for the first time made me feel a flutter in my chest that I'd never felt with anybody before. And I didn't quite understand how to take that. Then, you know, we, we, did, we both got cast in the show. Um, he played Lumiere, and I played um, Monsieur Dark. It was a rinky-dink part. Um, I really think I got cast that because I was able to do some makeup. But, um, I, and I also played Gaston's understudy, which I never did get to play Gaston. Because what, I mean, what playwright company has not cast a gay with Gaston? Right? I mean, it's just, it's part of it. But um, we did a couple of other shows after that, but the one where we really kind of, our, our relationship flourished, if you will, was My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. It was right after we did My Fair Lady. Sorry, I didn't mean to clap. Um, <laughs> but we played we played opposite each other. Yeah. In the show, we were the uh, the croonies and and My Fair Lady, and we had a really good on stage chemistry, and it just kind of blossomed from there. I, I don't want to get into the details because I'll I'll turn red, but it was <laughs> <laughs> night after the show we we hung out and. It was it was great. I, I still to this day love him with every bit of my heart. That was ten years ago. Well, I, it it reads even on social <laughs> media, but it's, when you're in person, it's definitely you can you can see that 
connection. Yeah. When did you guys, you guys are married, right? Yes. When did that happen? Um, that actually, it's so funny because I had been asking him for years to marry me. It was every, every time we turned around, every time a big event would happen, I'd look over at him and be like, will you marry me? And he'd always turn me down. He's like, it's not time for it. It's not time for it. Um, well, all it happened that same week that all the gay rights were going on um, in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, it was in February. We were at the bar that we both work at. He got down on one knee, and on Valentine's Day, he asked me. Uh, I mean, no, it was on. It wasn't on Valentine's Day. That's, I was going to make that sound super sweet. Um, <laughs> well, you could no, recreate. Really, yes, it was on Valentine's Day. It. it was on Valentine's Day because we were at the bar and we did this big thing at, at the bar for Valentine's Day, and then on the um, uh, February nineteenth, twenty fifteen, is when we got married. So great. Um, of course, it was a courthouse wedding, so I yeah. felt just like a St. Clair County girl. But <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was great. great. I mean, I, I wouldn't have had it any other way um, because I, I actually got to marry my best friend in That's, that. So I'm so happy for you. That's no, great. I, 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 I say all this, and it sounds like it's just this big fairy tale. No, we've had our ups and downs. I'm sure. You know, I just want to stress that um, every relationship goes through that, especially. You know, if, if you've been with someone for so long, you know their ins and outs. They know your ins and outs. And, you know, sometimes you fault them for those. That's normal. That's part of a healthy relationship. But when you grow past that and you learn to um, accept them for their faults and their beautiful art, then, yeah. you know, it really kind of helps the relationship grow. Well, you guys work together. We do, yeah. <laughs> so does that complicate <laughs> things? Sometimes it does. Um, you know, we, we have our... Oh, well, you're going to get that job, I'm not. You know, that whole thing. But it happens. You're going to get that normal jealousy of it. But, I mean, really, you know, I'm so happy for everything that he gets to do. Um, partially because I get to tag along most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, we, we support each other a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got to, to be able to be in this industry. Because dealing with drag queens, I mean, you've, you've got two very big personalities. M mostly Reese wears her personalities around her neck on a big yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's you let things happen and then truly be happy for them when they do. You know, you can't you can't hold it against them, and you have you you can't say, well, why didn't I get picked? Or why didn't yeah. I? You know, you can't go through that. You where know, did you? you where do you? Where did you find Reese? Uh, Reese, actually, this is a funny story. <laughs> she uh, she came out of the broom closet. My gosh, right after I went through this big ordeal of coming out of the closet with my family. But it was about the same time that I had to learn how to do, and I'm doing this in air quotes, <laughs> drag makeup, um, because we, it, it kind of, it all kind of happened at one time, like a big train wreck always does. And that's what I kind of call Reese the trailer park train wreck, because <laughs> she, she just kind of came out of nowhere and she pulled me out of depression. She, um, you know, just kind of let me find myself, um, later on pulled me out of the broom closet and just kind of showed me that I can be this powerful being and I can, I can be a powerful person. I can be the people that I looked up to when I was younger and I can, you know, I can be that person that I look up to my, in myself. Yeah. Um, but she came about, it was um, probably 2000, yeah, probably about 2010, 2011. I had to, in, in the closet, learn how to do drag makeup on myself because working I also work at a haunted house called Atrox Factory um, and I was I'm the head, the head makeup artist over there well we were trying to figure out how to make women characters these strong characters because I look up to Elvira like I mean she's my mom you know yeah. like I look up to her so she's much great. 
she's she's amazing. But she's this powerful person that can control the room. Um, but you know, in most horror movies, they always make the females these victims, and you know, oh woe is me, I'm a damsel in distress. You know, getting mm -hmm. pulled around with a guy with a chainsaw. We didn't want that through the entire thing because most of our guys are the you know the big guys, and we wanted that same kind of quality for our girls. So to come up with like this female villainous character um, sitting at home, I had no other face to work on but myself. So Reese's face kind of got carved out through that because, you know, it's a dark setting in a haunted house. You have very low lighting. So the best way to get that high contrast is to do extreme highlights and extreme contours, which is essentially drag <laughs> So, you know, I just kind of learned how to do that by watching um, YouTube videos, um, you know, of course, I, I have thousands of posters and pictures of Elvira and looking at her face. And her face essentially is all contours, which make that caricature and that character work so well. Yeah. Um, and Reese was just kind of born of that. She was born of the, the beauty of the dark side. Yeah. Know, she's, she's a little bit of a love it. horror hostess herself. So Yeah, I mean, Elvira is a drag queen. I oh, mean, my gosh. And she'll be the first one to tell queen. you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's I, so smart, and she, there's something really unique and special about her. It takes a, an extremely smart person to be able to play these dumb bimbo characters. Yeah, actually. oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I have looked up to her ever since I was a kid. Like, I, I think she was one of the first horror icons that I ever remember seeing on television and just fallen in love with. Um, now I did fall in love with the Crypt Keeper too, but yeah. that's another story. <laughs> so you, generally speaking, you are really into like, and have always been into horror and since a kid. In the words of Mother, does a chicken have a pecker? Like, <laughs> yes, I've always been involved in horror movies. Like, I, I've just, I love it. It's something about the thrill of being scared, mm -hmm. um, the suspense of it all, the um, the blood, the guts, and the gore. You know, there's there's art in that in itself. Yeah, um, that's why you have these like cheesy French. You know, horror films that are like these artsy fartsy, <laughs> you know, blood and gore fests. But... I need some recommendations from you sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most of mine come from the 80s, so I would love to. Yeah, what I was love the movie we just saw at Sidewalk? Oh, Saturday the 14th. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I may have seen that one myself. It was, or it sounds like a good time I've had before. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, you know, how long have you been doing? Working for Atrox, or in that industry at least. I, I'm going to forever be 24. Um, okay. But I have worked at Atrox Factory. This is going, well, it's my 17th year, going into my 18th now. Um, I started out as a cast member and bugged the hell out of the people that own the place cool. until they put me on their team. Um, but I was, I, I, I kind of let my talent speak for itself. Um, how I kind of became head of makeup, our current makeup artist at the time got into a big yelling match with one of our cast and directors um, who we lovingly call our monster moms <laughs> and um, it you know they were they were talking about one of our characters called short illusion um, and it made it look like this lady was cut in half and um, it was very intricate makeup but it was you know I'm sitting here looking at this thinking I could do this in my sleep you know yeah. this girl I don't know what what she's doing why she's taking 19 hours to draw all this stuff but I mean <laughs> sometimes in the hot industry you got to make it quick yeah just like a good time, but um, <laughs> you, you know, I was just I was floored by you know how that conversation went between them. But there was a big screaming match, and then that next year, um, it was kind of segued me in and you know yeah. kickball her out, right? Um, and lo and behold, I was head of makeup department, and I have loved every minute of it. There's been some times where it's been really stressful, and you know it, it's kind of a headache at times, but 
I love the people that I work with. Um, they all have the same passion for horror that I do. Yeah. That's one thing that we definitely share. Um, you know, and I, one of the new monster, well, she's not a new monster mom. She's been there since before I was even there. But uh, Christy is like, my God, she's like the sister I've always wanted. I mean, mm -hmm. she's always she's always in my corner. She's always got my back. Um, we can look at each other and know what we're thinking without even saying it, and I love that about her. But yeah, we just we have some amazing people on that team, and I just I I couldn't do what I do without them. Yeah. And I you know I, I kind of hope that they couldn't do what they do without me. It seems like you have a lot of things that take up your time. I'm imagining oh, yeah. that the the stuff with Atrox is sort of seasonal. A little bit. It, it, we start kind of early. Um, usually around March, we go to a haunted house conference called Transworld Haunt Con. It's moved around a little bit, but I think they're kind of keeping it in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, so we go up to the Arch every March, right. and then we come back home and start batting ideas around. It's a long yeah. time. <laughs> it's not too seasonal, isn't it? I mean, that's several months yeah, it's, work. Yeah, it's a good bit of, of work involvement. But um, it, it's a lot of it's because we change out the scenes. I'm not really involved in that much of the process. Um, you know, I help come up with, you know, some ideas for, like, how a certain scene should look or, or something like that. And even Sam one year, um, he kind of helped draw up how one of our scenes was going to look. And it was it was funny to watch how when this company that builds these sets for a living, which look like movie sets, I mean, it's crazy, um, how they can take, like, foam and concrete and turn it into a mausoleum. Wow. But it was funny because the shapes of the little cutouts that Sam drew were in there in the haunt in the big holes that they busted out. So <laughs> it was it was neat to see some of that stuff come to life. share that same passion for everything i kind of ramble from time to time so no it's fun yeah. we both but one of the things i noticed about you is that it seems like on social media your yeah. favorite holiday is halloween it is totally my and that's favorite. all rooted in is that just rooted in your love of horror or is there more to that there there's a little bit more to that the celtic foundations of halloween are rooted in Samhain, um which is on the witch's will of the year it's one of our main Sabbaths. It is our, it's our family time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's one thing that I absolutely love about it because, you know, you're honoring the family. You're honoring your dead. You're honoring your ancestors that have gone on before you because they're always around you. And, you know, even the ones you don't know, they're around you supporting you. So you've got people, you know, as, as Dr. Fossier says, I got friends on the other side. <laughs> you know, we all do that. We all, yeah. we all have that. And, um, you know, as, as I'm a pagan, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a practicing witch. Um, well, I think that's so, fantastic. Yeah, it, it's crazy because for the longest time I'd always been kind of, you know, intrigued by all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But growing up, you know, with my mom, I grew up Baptist and Methodist, and I never really felt like it fit with me. But I watched my grandmother do things. We never went to the doctor much when I was a kid because grandma always had a tincture behind the refrigerator that's that right. she'd pull out and here, take this, and we never went to the doctor much. You know, as I grew up and understood more of what grandmother did, you know, she, she I felt, kind of followed that. There, there's, there is a group called, you know, Christian Witch, where they use a lot of your um, psalms, and the, which most of your witches will tell you, the book of psalms is probably the, some of the best spells you'll ever see. You know, especially, <laughs> I love that. Especially if they're, you know, big into hoodoo and voodoo. Because that was the way they, they they were able to hide it back in the voodoo days of slavery. It was coded, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a coded way for the whites to be able to, you know, say, oh, they're just doing their their religious stuff, you know? right? 
but yeah, I mean, the Book of Psalms is like probably one of the best spell books you'll ever see. Um, so my grandmother kind of was involved in that a little bit, which I obviously didn't find that out until she passed away. I, I just, I wish I'd have been able to kind of pick her brain more because there are times where I'm like, the hell am I doing? You know, because <laughs> um, I definitely don't want to conjure something up that I don't, I can't get rid of. But you know, the more I learn about paganism and the more I learn about you know the roots of witchcraft, it's not really. I'm trying to think of the, the best way that I can say this without, you know, making it sound like you're going to raise the dead and conjure evil <laughs> spirits, which, because there are those out there, yeah. but, or I think there are, there's ways that you can get rid of things without, you know, going crazy and right. having to go to the Catholic priest and be like, help me, you know, there's ways you can do it. You know, I, I've got a couple of sage recipes that can basically reset button the house. Oh, you know, yeah. Some of them are my grandmother's recipes, yeah. so I know they work, you know. What do you, do you have a strong support system in like is there a pagan network actually Birmingham, Birmingham has a really good pagan network yeah um, one of my favorite shops to go to is Book Bean and Candle okay. um, and they're right up the hill nice. so yeah if y'all ever get a chance it's, and they, they have great coffee I know where that is yeah. It's all, yeah 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 they have great coffee and great teas um, tell Mitchell that you know Barry Sanchez I will so. maybe we'll send some people his way yeah oh, uh, that's great check it out go, <laughs> go, go see it does your family do your friends do your do the people around you do you ever get any uh, I don't know, flack for, for, for being pagan? I do a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of my friends grew up in, in the Christian world, and I grew up in there too. So, you know, I get that, you know, why, why all this? Why all of a sudden? And it's not really been all of a sudden. I've just kind of done it in the quiet for so long yeah. that, you know, you get tired of hiding things. You know, you, Absolutely. you want to be yourself. You want to be able to breathe fresh air and not have to, you know, spray air freshener everywhere you know you want to be able to be yourself and not have to hide it really <laughs> i think it's great one of the things i admire about you from afar is that you're you're very courageous i mean i think what you do like you've been how long have you been a drag queen um i reese came flying out of the closet probably 2015 it was the the fall of 2015 yeah um so she's she's been doing it now for about you know what? No, it was probably 2014. I don't know. And she's, you did that coming out time. of a time in your life. You said that that kind of helped you out of depression or whatever. Right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Reese, for some reason, she just kind of was able to be my therapist at that time. Now, granted, I was going through therapy. Thank goodness for working for UAB and you know having yeah. a, a great you know plan in that. And, and I, I kind of owe it to Sam for pushing me to do it. And then my boss at the time, she was... You know, people come to you, come into your life for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. Um, whether it's for a season or for a lifetime, people come into your life and kind of help you along a path. And um, Sylvia was one of those people. She just, she treated me like a mom when I needed to have a mom. And I might get a little emotional in this because okay. I absolutely love that woman. Um, she pushed me and told me that I needed to go through therapy because it, she says, I've noticed you've slacked in your work. What's going on? So she pulled me in her office and shut the door. She says, I don't want any of my babies to have to go through this. What's going on? And I just kind of broke down and told her everything. It was, it was tough to go through and it was tough to say a lot of that stuff out loud. And, um, she pushed me to go through therapy and I talked to Sam about it and he was like, no, you need to, I think it'll be good for you because I was, I was going through a lot. I, I went through a lot of financial issues because I was, I was a zombie. I worked, I went home and slept and in that pattern, mm -hmm. I didn't pay bills. I forgot to pay bills because I just had that mindset of it'll just go away on its own. You know, I just, I'll stop 
I'll, I'll it'll go away, you know. And it didn't. No. Um, it caught up with me eventually, and it it broke me. I think. But you know, sometimes when you hit your your lowest point is the point where you you can hit, kick that ground and swim back up to the surface. You know, and, and I am a big believer in that. And Reese kind of helped me find that. She she was that friend when I needed a, just a friend to vent with because I can do things out on stage as Reese that I could never get away with right. as Barry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Reese just kind of she held my hand through a lot of that. Listen, when I was in my twenties, I remember having so <laughs> much financial difficulty, and it can bury you. Oh like, yeah. And it can, and there I'm know there are other things too, but I would I. I think I swear by therapy. I have a therapist oh, yeah. that I go to, Angel. I love her so much. Um, I do Reiki now. I love Reiki. <laughs> I have a great Ian over at Evolve uh, Massage Therapy. So I think the more you can do to like improve yourself, the better. Oh, um, yeah. And I've been in places where my job, when it starts affecting your job, you know, like yeah. I had last year, I called it walking depression, and I was starting to not be as good a teacher. I could tell. And it, I, I was calling it walking depression because I was moving around, mm -hmm. but I was really, really depressed. Yeah, that, that was what, exactly what my therapy called it at, at that time. He says, you, you, you're a zombie. You, yeah, you know, zombie, said, no yeah. pun intended. He said, but you work, you go to school, you go home. I mean, you, you don't go to school. You work, you go home, and you go to sleep, and that's it. Because I, I had at that point, I had even lost weight, you know, yeah. and, and it, for... for me, it's hard to lose weight. Me too. So I've always struggled with that. So, you know, for people to notice that I was losing weight, you know, it was, and I guess I never really looked at it that way. I was like, I'm not depressed. You're depressed. You know, like <laughs> I was just pushing it off on everything else. But it, it really, when I went through therapy and, and was able to talk about things, I learned real quick, one of the biggest things that I learned in therapy was if you write it down, you can do whatever you want to to that piece of paper. You can write all those feelings down, get them out. Because I was holding on to a lot of anger that I didn't realize that I was holding on to. Because I'm not, I'm not really an angry person, but when you go through those things, you do kind of bottle them up. And I was becoming a doormat for everything. You know, I, I felt like a doormat. I felt like everybody was walking on me. Um, but I could write those feelings down on paper, and I could burn them, set them on fire, uh, shred them up. You know, I could bite it into a thousand pieces That's you know right. I could That's do right. whatever I wanted to to that piece of yeah. paper with those harsh words and those you know hard feelings on them and everything and you know at the end of the day I wasn't hurting anybody I wasn't hurting myself and which is the biggest thing is I wouldn't hurt myself um, but it it just you know it really helped get all that out yeah I mean knowing all that about you make it makes it even more impressive to me I mean like you are especially in comparison to, to being in that state you are flourishing. I mean, you, you and Sharon are now like the uh, it's Mystic Crew of uh, is it Caritas? Caritas. Caritas. Yeah. It, it's one of the big Mardi Gras crews we work with, and, I, and I'm I'm stupid excited. Um, sorry, it's a little bit of a Valley Girl coming out. <laughs> it's fine. But I'm I'm stupid excited about you know being able to reign as their Queen Caritas. Yeah. 12. I mean, a 13. No, 12. We're 12. Yeah. What all does that entail? Basically, we're going to be the faces of Caritas. Um, the um, the biggest thing is is show up and show up to these events that we do. But it's more so, like I've always said, I don't care what crown you've got on your head. What are you doing for the community? You know, because we, we have a lot of people that like to bully people in the community. We, um, you know, just because they hold a certain status or whatnot, um, they'll only allow people that they enjoy and they do to do things that they're involved with but you know that's great and fine and dandy and all but you know 
why are you doing what you're doing? You know, and that's why I love working with Caritas because ever since I've been out on the scene, Caritas has supported me 100%. Um, so when I found out what they were and what they did, I wanted to be involved with that. Um, Caritas, they, they're, they're a crew of brotherly love, so they incorporate everybody. Gay, straight, black, white, male, female, they don't give a crap. They just want you to be a part of it and they want you to be part of their family. Um, the other thing that they do is we also raise money for AIDS Alabama, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, of course, in the, in the gay community, you can't think of the gay community without thinking of HIV and AIDS awareness, at least. Because even if you don't have HIV or AIDS, you know somebody who does. Right. And I've always said it's always somebody's truth to tell, but, you know, if you find out that somebody does have HIV or AIDS, don't tell anybody. You know, it's their truth to tell, not yours. Amen. Um, you should be there to support them and love them and help them through anything and everything that they ha they go through. But, you know, I mean, if you get mad at somebody, don't go off telling them, say, oh, so-and-so's got HIV. You know? yeah. I mean, what's that going to accomplish? Right. You know, it, it, it's stupid. And I've seen it happen a lot within oh, our that's community. That's unfortunate. Yep. It's, it's ridiculous. But, um, you know, I, being part of Caritas means that I get to help every way that I can. And, you know, being their representative as their queen. And this is the first year they've ever done dueling queens. I love that. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. Our, and our ball theme this year is near and dear to both mine and Sharon's heart because we love Disney. And yeah, and oh, Disney only, villains. Isn't that what it is? That's yeah. the only thing we love more about Disney is Disney villains. Like, I'm so excited. I stepped on your punchline. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're, you're fine. That's great. Do you know who? I guess you wouldn't say if you didn't know, but... Do y'all, are y'all going to be like dressed as villains? Very much so. Okay. I, I kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of taking a, obviously a very villainous take on what we're going to do for our coronation, but, um, you know, it's what if the bad guys win? Oh. That, that's kind of kind of my mantra through, okay. through our coronation. That's of, a nice little tease there. I like that. Yeah. What if, what if the bad guys were to have won? <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, always, bad guys always win. Gaston fell from the building. You know, which is so funny. Like I love how Disney does stuff, but if you go back and watch uh, Beauty and the Beast and you see um, Gaston right before the Beast bumps him off the side of the building, he's got little skulls in his eyes, so you know he's gonna die. <laughs> like you just, it's like, oh well, there he goes without dying, without seeing him like splatter brains everywhere. You know he's dying. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just love how Disney does all that. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that like, might, what, what if the bad guy were to win one time? It might not be all so bad. So. I think that's gonna be really cool. There are some other things. Wait, let me make, let's make sure we're not gonna get kicked out. We're good. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> we're like we're speaking of Disney. We're we're gonna get. Was it Cinderella? Is that Disney? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we're gonna turn to pumpkins at seven right now because we. we <laughs> um, I am interested in the. I was recently at a little training seminar for the Magic City Acceptance Center mm -hmm. came to talk to instructors from the community college system about safe zone training. And uh, the two women, whose names I'm forgetting, were talking about uh, drag uh, time, drag story time. Oh my gosh. Which I think yeah. you've done, haven't you? I have, you? yeah. I've been fortunate to be involved in it. Um, we, I did the Halloween, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was the Halloween um, edition of um, <laughs> Drag Queen Story Time. So, I, and I had the best time with those kids. They were, they were so funny. Um, you know, and to be able to feel the love and support from all of them and everything. It was great. It was great. And, 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 you know, exposing the kids to, you know, the culture of it and everything. Cause it, it was just amazing to see the parents and their involvement with it and everything. I was just, I was blown away. Like I, I don't really worry so much about this upcoming generation. I'm, I worry so more about, you know, the baby member generation, but yeah. you know, my, you know, 
my nieces and nephew, like they, they have an amazing, they have amazing kids. Um, I, I love my, my nieces and nephew to the end of the world. But you know, I don't think there's anything to worry about with their kids coming up because they're they're coming up in this this world where it's okay to be who you are. Yeah, you know, and, and to have those idols to look up to, you know, it, it's kind of cool. So you don't feel kind of because of our current state of affairs in America, you don't feel that we've taken a step back or anything. You still have hope in this. I, I still have up? hope. I'm a hopeful person. Yeah, you know, I, you know you. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm probably going to get deemed for this, but, you know, I don't think there's any hope for Donald Trump for any any bit of this. But, you know, I, I do think maybe for his grandkids there are. You know, I mean, yeah. they're, you know, e- even the darkest heart can be turned. Yeah. You know, and we, we've seen, we see that in Disney a lot. Yeah, know? that's right. <laughs> um, you know, e- even the darkest, coldest heart can be turned into something good. And, you know, I, I just think, you know, when people quit judging each other and, you know, they actually show that that true love, and not you know feel bad about supporting something that they. I'm, I'm going to say they were ignorant to growing up because I was ignorant to a lot of stuff growing up, and now that I've, you know, I've I've cultured myself and I've I've looked at things and I've read things and I've seen the struggles that some people go through, you know, especially people of color. It just upsets me to see that people actually have to or had to go through that. Yeah. Forget the fact that I, you know, my my family doesn't support me for. You know the the drag and, and and being gay and everything. You know, I mean to to be unwanted because of your skin color. You know that that's a, a whole other issue, and I just it breaks my heart to know that people have gone through that. Well, and we life. have problems, I think, in the gay community at large. Uh, we have the same sort of problems with you know people of color being oh, discriminated yes. against, or you know not having the same privileges that that white folk have had for a long time. So. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think that's good that you're on to that, especially since you have, like, a voice. Yeah. Well, and that's something that definitely me and Sharon both, or me and Sam both, have a lot of strong feelings. Because, of course, my husband is a person of color. He's, yeah, yeah. He, he may not be brown. He's more tan. But <laughs> he, he's, he's from Venezuela. So, you know, I, I still feel like he kind of falls in that person of color or that people of color yeah. category. But, you know, I, I just I don't get the segregation. I don't understand it. You know, and maybe that's my naiveness to it. You know, I'm like, I, I don't get why people have to put, you know, some people in a box. Because you don't, you don't know what those other people are going through. They, we're all going through the same struggles in life. My grandmother always used to say, um, I don't know why people are so mean to each other because we're all in this hellhole together. Why can't we just get along? You know? <laughs> that's right. And, and I love, you know, Mary Throckmorton was probably one of the biggest inspirations in my life. That's your grandmother. Um, that was my grandmother. What a great name. Say yeah. that again. Mary Throckmorton. I love that. Yeah. She was just an, an awesome person. She was annoying as hell at times, but she was she was always just this ball of love. And and you know, I, I feel like if she was around today, still she would be in my corner. Side of the family, they're I think from Tampa, Florida, is where she was from originally. I think I have to go back and you know kind of look at all that stuff that we've got saved up. But the from what I was told, my family originally on my mom's side of the family came from came from Ireland in like the Limerick, Ireland area. Mm-hmm. Um, my great 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 grandfather came over to work in the steel mills in New York, wow. so he helped build up those things. Then they moved 
down to Tampa or somewhere thereabouts. Probably gonna get this wrong. <laughs> um, then great great grandmother, my great great grandfather. <laughs> then they fell in love. Had my grandmother. I feel like I missed one great grandmother. No, they had my great grandmother. Then you know, long yeah. down the line, grandma and my mom, or had my mom. They had they were in some kind of bad weather thing in Tampa. Grandmother used to have a. Um, a uh, restaurant. Sorry, I couldn't think oh, of that okay. word in Tampa because she was a chef and everything, or oh, cook. Wow. Um, but she she worked in a restaurant and or owned a restaurant, one of the two. Um, and there was a hurricane that came through in like the '60s or '50s. I don't know. It was right after my mom was born. It might have been in the '50s. Um, then they moved up to Springville because they had some family up there, and then moved to Birmingham. Mom went to Woodlawn, found my dad. Bada bing, bada bing. That's where we came from. So you 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 feel your grandmother would have been in your corner, but your yeah. your family not so much. I mean, I don't mean yeah. anything bad about. I'm not one no, 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 of yeah. them. They're kind of not too big on what you're doing. Yeah, well, my, it's 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 primarily. Um, I, mean, I don't want to get you know throw too no. much information out there. And we, um, can, we if we don't want to talk about it, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But me, there's my sister and I have always had a really good relationship. And then when I came out of the closet, it was like the end of the world. So um, you know, our our relationship is is fairly tarnished, and I don't know if it'll ever get back to the way it needs to be. But you know, we we've gone through some really rough spots and I feel like because of the rough spots me and her have gone through my mom has kind of yeah. segued in there because you know my mom only gets aside from my sister um, and, and that's unfortunate because you know I, all, all guys are you know mama's boys we always are right yeah um, you know mom's always been there you know it, it's something about the, the love of, of your mother that you know you, you always kind of long for and um, it, it sucks right now because we're going through some really hard times in my family because we're just not talking it's been god three and a half years since i talked to my mother yeah so it's kind of hard to talk about it's okay um, we don't have to talk about it yeah. i didn't mean to no, no no it's it's fine i don't i you know i'm one of the people if you ask me questions i tell you yeah but um but yeah it's just kind of it, it sucks well even um, if we cut this out i just want you to know yeah. that, that they are missing out because what a what a wonderful <laughs> son and brother to have right father i mean like and Reese, then they get an added like you know, <laughs> drag queen in the yeah, middle of it. it. It's funny, you know, not having that support from my mom. On the alternative, my dad. I mean, he is Reese's biggest fan. Really? My God, my my father that's... has more pictures of him and Reese on Facebook than he does of me and him together. <laughs> that's great. So your father's really yeah. upset. Are your parents not together? No, anymore? they're not together yeah. anymore. They uh, they actually divorced. I think when I was like five, five or six. Yeah. But I mean, Dad, he, and he wasn't around for the longest part. Um, and there again, another fi family dynamic issue, which everybody has. Like these, oh. we're like onions. You know, we got we've got layers to our family. That's, you know, <laughs> that's the roll, trick. Yeah, you know that whole trick. But you know, um, but we, you know, you just can't. You never can judge a book by its cover. But you know, everybody kind of goes through you know crazy stuff and crazy crap. We, you know, go through it and get over it. Some people have a hard time dealing with it. Some people don't. You know, it's just, yeah. it's the ways of life. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm unfortunate that my mom didn't support, but my dad, you know, I, I don't know what I do without his support. Yeah. You know, because it's really helped keep me level. You know, it, it's funny. He, he goes to the shows all the time um, and he'll, <laughs> it was so funny. We had this one guy one time that was, and let me tell you, at our bar at OP, um, which I love our place. I've been oh, there. I love our place. I've oh, been yes. there forever. Um, really, since Reese has come out of the out of the closet, she's been there. But we uh, we had this guy one time that poked his head in the curtain. And here, mind you, I'm from St. Clair County, Alabama. <laughs> um, you know, we we scrapped a good bit growing up. You know, it's just how how things were. You know, you got in a fight with a kid down the street, and you 
gave each other a big old black eye and then y'all <laughs> were done with it. So fighting has not ever been anything that I'm not opposed to, but you know I don't support it in the sense that you know fighting is not the answer. Just hear me out, kids. Fighting is not the answer. <laughs> but don't take crap from nobody. But we we had this one guy that was there, and he poked his head behind the corner of our um, uh, curtains to our dressing room while somebody was performing. And I I'm my I'm in full drag, big old wig, big lashes, you know, big boobs, whatever. And I walk up to him and I and I grab the guy and I said, "The hell are you doing?" And <laughs> my dad, I have never seen him move so quick. Mind you, my dad's got a bad hip. He moved so fast and he intervened between the two of us. And he kept saying, "I don't, I don't know if you'd mess with my boy. He might he might hurt you." <laughs> but it was so funny because I don't I don't know you know you don't think about that stuff when you're in right. drag. You're just like this guy's. I don't know what he's doing. He's either putting something in it or taking something out. You know and. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I have to say I put my life on the line for my girls. You know I love I love my castmates. Yeah. You know we've gone through some up and downs with some former cast members, um, but you know they didn't really want to be there in the first place. You know. <laughs> but I just I love I love my cast. You know, um, I, Karis is like she is like the little brother that I've never had out of drag, and like the little sister that I've never had, and. Um, you know, maybe sometimes never wanted. <laughs> no, I love Karis. I love Karis to death. I mean, she's one of those genuine people you will ever meet in your entire yeah. life, and she will stand by you with you know a hundred percent if you are right, and she will let you know if you are wrong. Like that's what I love about her. You you know exactly where you stand with Karis. Um, and Fawn is my drag daughter, um, and I just couldn't. I mean, she's she's probably one of the kindest souls you'll ever be around. She's goofy at times, and that's probably what I love most about her is that she's goofy as I am at times on yeah. things. Um, we love dad jokes, so that's kind of kind of where we hit off. But I, I mean, my my castmates are just who was the one? Night. We were there Saturday night, and she did. Y'all were all wonderful. You were all mm -hmm. wonderful with the. I don't know if it was. I don't know Fawn or who. It was Fawn. It was Fawn who yeah. did the phone bit. Oh yeah, that's but she Fawn. had the big cardboard phone, yeah. and she just kept pulling phones and doing all the phone songs. That was she's classic. so stupid. I love her. Like I don't know where she comes up with this stuff. Like we, you know, she'll she'll come up with some kind of comedy crap, and I'll come up with some kind of spooky stuff, and then you got Sharon that comes up with some kind of comedy stuff too. Like it, it's it's oh, crazy. What's like, it Sharon is, the one that did the other night the <coughs> the coughing oh, one? Yeah, the Aquarius where she's got that hacking cough in it. It sounds like they need to. I don't know, the breathing treatment or something. Yeah. It's horrible, but it's so stupid and so funny. My favorite one I think that Sharon does, though, is the um, the Taylor goat mix or whatever. I haven't seen that. Oh, my gosh. She <laughs> found this goat screaming thing and, and oh. added it to that, that, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Yeah. And, and instead of... It, I don't know. God, it's so stupid. You just got to watch it. Come out to our show, our 10 p.m. at our place. Seriously. No I, cover. Our place is special, I think. Yeah. You know, I love all the, the bars in town. I really do. I'm mm -hmm. not... I don't want to get involved in any political stuff. Yeah. I think our place is really special. Yeah, there are... There, you know, each bar in this town is really, really good. You know, um, you, you know we're not like Atlanta. You know, right. we're... we're um, you know, I, I feel like... You know, in the drag scene in Birmingham, you, you have a different variety at each bar that you can go to. The Quest, you, you get more of your dancey queens. Um, you know, Owls, we're kind of campy. We're goofy. Yeah. Um, we're stupid, and we know it. <laughs> um, the, and at Owls, you have your um, your girls that, um, 
that do like big production stuff. You know, they're 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 called the show place with the the is it the show place with space something like that something like that yeah. <laughs> so they um you know you, you have the glitz and glamour there um but you know and the, to me the special thing about op is that you know we are able to interact with the audience right there yes. like we don't really have a big stage so we're probably going to get right up in your face with something and and make you feel part of it i always tell everybody that op and our place um you know we're, we're the the cheers of birmingham you know we always yeah. are glad everybody's coming whether it's somewhere or coming to see us but you know we <laughs> We always like to have fun there. By the way, I'm learning to laugh away from the microphone, yeah. so don't think that's some weird affectation. <laughs> My laugh is loud. Uh, two things before we wrap up. One, I was thinking as you were talking. First of all, thank you for doing this so Anytime. much. Anytime. I love this. I, we, could, we could do regular sessions because you're just so interesting. <laughs> and I didn't realize you were from St. Clair County. St. Clair County. Um, so I'm from Arab, by the way. Oh, I know where Arab's at. Um, by my ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one thing I was thinking about is I wonder if you have ever thought about having children actually i have um and and sharon and i both have have really kind of had those conversations um actually quite recently um right now i don't think we're ready for it but eventually i do definitely want to have kids whether i adopt or, or, or you know we have a surrogate pregnancy or something like that you know i i would love to be able to you know give my family legacy over to somebody and help keep it going yeah um you know whether reese passes away with me or not you know that's that's a sad thing to think about but you know you know let alone you know just just family memories you know you know the real stuff you know yeah you know you can do the cartoony stuff all day long with drag but you know the real family stuff you know those real moments that are few and far between and precious you you want those to kind of live on um, you know, especially like the memories of, of my grandmother, you know, um, you know, I, won't, I would love to be able to share that with, with my child one day, yeah. um, you know, and especially having my dad support, you know, memories of my father, um, you know, that, that I am probably my father made over in the sense of my humor, um, mm-hmm. where a lot of the times I laugh at myself because I don't even, <laughs> nobody gets my jokes most right. of the time, but so you know, somebody will always be laughing at you. It yeah. might just be you, but you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what about, um, I ask everybody this, and I kind of stole it from RuPaul, but, uh, from his podcast, but do you have anything that you do on a regular basis, uh, like prayer or meditation or rituals or anything yeah, like I've that? I've got several. Yeah, I've got several. Um, I always, I, I have a um, necklace that I'm not wearing today because um, I, I really try not to wear that stuff at work. Um, but I have my grandmother's pentagram necklace that I wear with me a lot. Um, and whenever I kind of question things, I always kind of hold it and rub it and kind of think, okay, grandma, what do I need to do? What, what That's tell me, really you know, special. Yeah, let me know. Let me Give me a sign. Um, I have uh, numerous candles that I've, I've got my sigils that I've created to, to, that I use on a regular basis. Um, my, one of the big things is when I'm going to go do an event, I will always light my money candle. You can, you can bet on that. Because, you know, I mean, whether it's to raise money or get money, yeah. you, know, you want to get as much as you can at that time. So... <laughs> You know, you want to, especially if you're raising money for an event, but I have, I have a lot of them that I do. You know, being, being a witch, you know, you kind of, yeah. everything can be ritualistically. Yeah. Um, you know, from the, from the moment you wake up in the morning and go take a shower and visualizing all the bad things washing off your body, no matter what kind of soap you use. But, <laughs> you know, you just kind of visualize cleansing yourself in the shower um, and getting rid of all the yucky junk throughout the day. Yeah. You know, everything can be done at a ritual. But. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to wrap up since we're going to get kicked out at 7 anyway. Um, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better, and I've enjoyed you doing this. And 
thank you for doing it. Anytime, anytime y'all y'all need me back, I will be happy to come back. Good, we'll have to get could you, you back with Sharon. Oh my gosh, yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> you could, you could just put two, the microphone and leave the room. And two you know. for the price of one. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Where You Are, a podcast created by Jimmy Ellenberg and edited by Fox Williams. The introductory music was Bright in the Corner Where You Are, a song performed by Billy Pollard and created by Ina Dudley Ogden and Charles Hutchinson Gabriel. The interlude music, Dead Inside, was taken from the Little Spoon album by Patricia Taxon. All music was used with permission. Thank you again for listening and have a nice day, wherever you are.